It is important to listen to your body and exercise only at a level comfortable to you. Avoid intense jerky movements, warm up and cool down properly, and don't exercise to the point of discomfort. Alright guys, it's about 9 o'clock in the morning, it's Monday, it's in the middle of the summer. It's July the 16th, 2018, and I'm about 30 minutes from publishing this podcast, and uh, this is the intro, so welcome to the intro, it's going to last for about one more minute, I'm going to keep it very short, and I just want to give a shout out to my super awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash podcast I could not have done this this podcast without you guys so thank you for all the love and support financial support it's awesome uh, I have a couple of uh, um, supporters I want to give a special thank you to it's Torerik Jürgen Marcus Margaret Olanes Fred Remy, Ruben, Bord, and Paul. Thank you so much. Um, you're super cool. This episode is in English. So if you think it's weird that I'm speaking English, because you know that I'm Norwegian, and I know Norwegians hate listening to Norwegians speak English. So if you're like me and you find this awkward turn it off because it's gonna be about one more hour of me speaking English okay a couple of more things before we start yesterday I checked some stats and it turns out no Arda Alvar officially passed 10,000 listeners just stop and think about that for a second. 10,000 listeners. 10, zero, zero, zero. One, zero, 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 zero. <laughs> That's a lot of people, guys. And you are one of those people. You are one of those 10,000. So thank you so much. Uh, I have no words. I have no words. Also, uh, if you're struggling with visualizing some of the details that uh, Tyler is trying to explain to you, like maybe the the clamshell exercise, uh, there are some links in the show notes for you. Check those links out. And uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Let's start this. Let's start this. There's a lot of background noise today. We're right by one of the busiest 
streets in Norway. It's called Trondheimsveien. It goes, believe it or not, to Trondheim. Yeah. Yeah. And let's let's give a little bit of a context to the listeners. Yeah. Who, uh, where are we in in the in the world, and who are we? Where are we? Um, we are two skyblazers, uh, and we are in Oslo, Norway, right now. And skyblazers is probably Norway's coolest uh, underground grassroots trail running team. But um, Hans Christian and I are sitting here right now, wearing road running shoes. Right. Which is really interesting. Um, and the reason for that is, for me, my hip and my IT band are quite fucked up. And your hip is also just having it's a good time. It's also fucked up. Yep. And my IT band is also fucked up. So mm-hmm. we're in the same boat. Brothers in arms. Mm-hmm. Brothers in legs or hips. So we're here to talk about injuries yep and this particular injury talk about some um, uh, exercises we're doing to uh, to fix it we're here to talk about trail running in Norway maybe also talk about trail running in the US and compare the mm. two yep and trail running or ultra ultra com- competitions okay. competitions ah, so we're gonna go we're gonna go deep we're gonna go deep yeah. and um, to give some more context to the to the listeners it's now in the middle of the Norwegian summer in Oslo the capital and it's quite warm yeah. are, you, are you surprised that it's yeah, it's normally not this warm. It's, what, 26, maybe 30 degrees on some days. What's that like in Fahrenheit? Oh, uh, that's got to be up towards 80. But it's humid here. So yeah. don't forget that Oslo is humid, even though we, we're way up where the polar bears are in the north. Uh, so this And this summer is dry. Oslo and Norway is getting forest fires for the first time, which is really interesting because I come from Idaho in the States, and... Normally, Idaho's on fire from about uh, May until October. And uh, it's been so dry here in Norway that their forests are actually burning, which is mm. pretty crazy. There's a, there's a famous ultra runner from, uh, well, from, from Norway. Uh, when one of the fires broke out the other day, yeah. he, he was right by the, uh, the location. Okay. And it was a really difficult position for the firefighters to get to. And he told them, hey, I can run to the location of the fire. Yeah. I can take pictures and send them to you. Yeah. So he ran, I think, 45 kilometers. Oh, shit. Into the forest. Yeah. And to the newspaper, he just said, hey, that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did he, did he start a new Strava segment for that? <laughs> to loop back to your last week's uh, podcast on, on Strava. Oh, yeah. Check it out. Um, <laughs> no, but... Uh, so today we're, we're laying in the shade because I jogged two kilometers up here to warm up my hip and now I'm going to 
do some exercise. Oh, look at this guy. Yeah, so we're also doing some people yeah, watching we're, here. we're people watching. So in the middle of summer, Norway, one of the best days for uh, trail running or trail biking. And we've got a guy on roller skis just trying to be Peter Nortug, just out crushing it on the walking path, hitting people with his poles, mm-hmm. you know, screaming at mothers with their with their kid wagons. It's really great. But he's going to do really well in the Berkabiner this year, so that's all that matters. Now to our American audience. They don't know who Petter Nortug or uh, Birkebeiner uh, no, is. Oh, yeah. They, so may have, they may have heard of the Birkebeiner, because there is one in Norway, or in uh, the States. Is it? Yeah. It's in Wisconsin. Hmm. It's horrible. It's on a lake, and it's cold. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's... Peter Nortug's a big... Uh, he's kind of like... Um, Dennis Rodman was when he played basketball. He's a big character on the ski team here. So, he's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> Let's also tell the listeners that you're also very good at Norwegian. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so we're, we're choosing to speak English here today. Mm. Uh, because I was planning on maybe capturing some of my... And some of the... Um, the trail runner nation audience yeah oh. and some of those those huge trail running podcasts out there yep I'm just gonna I'm stealing your audience just just stealing them and I think a lot of the lingo too for trail running and ultras a lot of it's English that I know because I, I grew up obviously in the states and so it'll be easier for me to talk about American running sure. using American words Never been to England, so we're skipping over English. We're going right to American. They don't do trail running. They do fell running. They do fell running, yeah. yeah. After we had Brexit 1.0, America, we, uh, we stuck with, with mountain running, not fell, fell running. Okay, so who are you, Tyler? So who am I? Um, let's see. I'm, a, I'm an engineer. I work at the Norwegian Space Center. I'm a satellite engineer. Uh... I came over here to Norway originally as an exchange officer in the Air Force when I used to be in the military. And uh, growing up in Idaho, it's no big surprise that, you know, I fit in pretty well in Norway because it's mostly mountains and forests and snow and potatoes. Uh, And that's pretty much what Idaho is. Mm. So decided I liked it so much that I moved back when I got out of the, the military. And now I um, play as much as I can, biking and skiing and running, and uh, work a little bit. So Living the dream. Living the dream. Definitely. And in Oslo, it's a great place to do all kinds of activities. So, Not quite a mountain town, but it's a fjord town. It's a fjord town. We have some great trails here. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, uh, the trails, it's a trail town. The trails here are... They're, they're maybe a lot like the east coast of the states they're very technical the beast coast the beast coast yeah they're very technical a lot of tight turns a lot of tree roots um a lot of up and down no big hill climbs but you get your vertical in in like little spurts so you get real good footwork right so. uh, we we were just at uh or just we just went to the the weekly group run and just 
said hi to all the all yep. the runners. Yep. Steer's dog. Steer's dog. Yeah. Stee and Tears Dog, which is trail and and Tuesday. So I guess in English it'd be Trail Tuesday. Yeah, but you have to throw them together, so it'd be Steve's like Tuesday. Tuesday. Nah, uh-huh. it's better in English yeah. or in, uh, Norwegian. in Norwegian. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and that that round is uh, or that uh, that route is twelve kilometers with five hundred and fifty mm-hmm. meters mm-hmm. of vertical gain, mm-hmm. which it, it doesn't feel like it. When no, you just, it feels like you're just kind of bopping along, uh, doing a lot of tight turns and stuff. A lot of acceleration. Uh, and you got to be on your toes. I've crashed into trees before. No, a lot of tripping. Lots of roots? A lot of fucking roots. It's not like the American <laughs> trails. No, the no, no, no. The American trails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the... Uh, so there's... Whenever we go out for runs here, everyone's always like, oh, yeah, you Americans in your, like, buffed-out trails. And that's true in some places. We have our, uh, thanks to the CCC, we have our National Forest Trail Network with that sweet 12% grade. So you can just switch back your way up stuff and cruise along. Uh, But there's a lot of trails that are pretty hairy. I know that a lot of listeners probably are thinking of uh, pretty exciting stuff in their home areas um but most of the big races in the states are yeah they're on more used trails that actually were built so that people could ride horses on them Mm. so your speeds are nice and high and you can you can kind of relax a little bit um where here i mean you're running through boulder fields half the time like two weeks ago it was mostly just we we ran X read through Jotunheimen, which and is Jotunheimen's a big uh, national park in the middle of Norway. Check it out. Uh, shout out to the Jotunheimen. Shout out to Jotunheimen, uh, home of the ice giants, I think, in Norse mythology. Yeah, if you want to yes. go there and battle some ice giants. Um, but that run was. Maybe 50% trail, if you call it trail, and 50% just rocks with painted trail markers on them. Uh, So you're not running that fast. You're working through terrain, which is what a lot of Norwegian ultra running is, is just can you work through the terrain quickly? It's not as much just running uh, up and down. So it's different. You've got to be a technical runner. I heard one of the recent Americans are not as familiar with the mountains or trail running in the mountains like we're in, used to in Norway. Mm. Uh, it's because a lot of mountains are, or areas are restricted. Um, is that is that why? No, I would say. Well, I grew up in the West, and that's diff. Like, we have a lot of public lands in the West, uh, which the current administration is trying to sell off. Uh, which is not awesome. But um, if you live near like a ski town or a national forest or BLM public lands, there's usually hundreds of miles of open and free trails. Um, But as you get more towards the East Coast, uh, things get clamped down. There's more private property and there's less big trail networks. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's less in the consciousness of your average person, especially if you're kind of in a big city and 
you know, maybe there's some small nature parks, but there isn't a big mountain range you can go run through that most folks think of trail running as this exotic thing they see in Outside Magazine. Um, I was lucky to grow up in a city where we had a trail network right outside our front door. Uh, Boise, Idaho. Awesome town. Shout out. Shout out. Way too many people are moving there because they heard about the, the secret. Um, What's the secret? That it's a sweet place to live. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I think it's access. Um, in Norway, you're, at least in Oslo, you're never more than 15 minutes from a trail. If, you know, even downtown in the ghetto, mm. like the hard, it's just like, just like Compton is how they would describe <laughs> it here. Uh, you're 15 minutes from a cabin that serves waffles in the forest. Right. Uh, and it's totally not like Compton here. It's super nice. It's like Sesame Street Compton. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the but there are camping is a little bit restricted in some places. Here in Norway, you have uh, this right to basically go wherever you want and camp wherever you want, mostly, uh, which is really cool. It's a constitutional right. Instead of the right to bear arms, the Norwegians were like, oh, how about the right to recreate? Uh, <laughs> so you can get all political discussion about that, but that's how the Constitution's written. Yeah. Well, let's not get into politics, no. I think. But let's get into, let's get into, let's get into our hips. Yes. Let's get deep um, into our hips. Deep into my hips. So what's the deal with the hip? So a buddy of ours, Mods, he said that the hip is like the trash can of the runner ah. and it's where all of our problems just get thrown into that's right and I, I just had coffee with Mots yeah cool or which Mots the um, with the, the Mots with the M-A-T-S or M-A-D-S M-A-T-S he's okay. been on the podcast that's... before yes okay so that's yeah. a D-S D-S yeah alright um, yeah so you, the hip is sort of runner's don't think about the hip until it hurts and then we think about it a lot and we complain about it um so i went into this running season having done a shit ton of backcountry skiing uh, i telemark ski and i nordic cross country ski a lot and so i was like yeah you know i've been putting in big days nordic skiing and telemark skiing my legs are super strong especially with tele-skiing. I bet my knees and my hips are just going to be bomb-proof. Super ripped. So ripped. So sexy. Uh, I'm thinking, yeah, I can just hop into ultra-running season uh, and just kind of crush the training. And that's not what happens. Uh, this go-around. So I ended up uh, getting runner's knee, which is basically a hand-wavy way to say that... Uh, all the little muscles in my butt uh, were a little too weak, and they got a little aggravated uh, by running on the beach once uh, in, when I was at Buddy's wedding. And the IT band is not like a ligament. It's this... It's, it's like a, a fascia, right? Yeah, it's a fascia. It's like a piece of carbon fiber that... It's not a spring. It's not like your Achilles. Uh, it just transfers load from your knee to your butt. And it's also attached to your femur, so you and can. It's really strong. Yeah, right? you can you can forget about stretching it. 
when people say stretch your IT band, you're, you're just stretching your ass. Uh, but everything that goes on in your hip gets moved down to your knee, and that's where that runner's knee pain comes from. And so a few weeks before my big run this year, I was at Steeterstog. The weekly group The weekly, run. weekly group run. Uh, about 10 kilometers in, it felt like a little like a little uh, like a forest gnome or a troll just stabbed me in the side of the knee with a knife and that could have been what happened uh, it is Norway <laughs> it is magical but what it really was is just um, runner's knee pain uh, on, on both sides just on the left side okay because it's usually an imbalanced thing mm. you're you're a lot more unbalanced than you think you are uh, and so I limped the west, rest of the way down that was downhill running which usually aggravates brings that sort of pain out uh, knew right away what it was and immediately went to stretching my butt and googling everything I could find out about uh, IT band syndrome and so what I discovered was that uh, my ass despite looking very good and sexy uh, the sides of it were quite weak uh, so I needed to strengthen my all my small muscles in my glute in my gluteus, uh, and I needed to work on stabilization exercises uh, and stretching, which I'm really bad at doing because I don't do it. Um, and so I set I set a program up of like lots of stretching and rubber band exercises, uh, and I was trying everything under the sun. I was I even have this. I got this Stra- strap. The strap. Yeah, Ooh, sound, sound effects. Sound effects. Velcro. Back to the 90s. Um, Shout out to 90s. Yeah, I got this strap that you wrap around above your knee and it presses on your IT band to allow you to run with less pain. And that's kind of the weird thing about your knee is, you know, this, this strap, it doesn't change the tightness of the band at all. It just puts a little pressure on your knee, which makes your knee think, hmm, there's somebody pressing on me a little bit. I'm going to run a little differently, and it changes your technique ever slightly. Uh, it's sort of like a bandage, and it lets you run a little bit. Uh, and you, you wore this for the X-Raid race, right? I did, yeah. yeah. And how, how long did the race take you? Oh, my God. Well, that, that was 31 hours. Uh, I'm not proud of the time. It was 120 kilometers, and we almost got 7,000 vertical in. Um, meters. Meters, yeah, meters. Because we're... Shout out to the metric system. Shout out to base 10. Um, but uh, I wore the band because it helped a little bit in my town runs leading up to X-Read. Um And I was just willing to try everything and anything. Maybe it didn't do anything, but I was able to run mostly pain-free. Placebo is powerful. Placebo is powerful. Uh, it also did kind of look cool running around with this garter strap on my leg, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but to be honest, this band probably doesn't do anything. And it's really runners having weak hips. Uh and uh, not doing strength exercise, not doing power strength training, mm. uh, which is some of the causes for it. And uh, 
so that's what I'm doing now, not running as much, biking a lot and stretching. I stretch during the middle of the work day, stretching my butt. Um, and <laughs> yeah. So what do we got here? We also have uh, some orange. We got these orange straps. I wonder if I can. Those are rubber bands. It's basically a big rubber band. Um, Strength Runner. You should check him out. He has a really good YouTube video on a IT band recovery set. He sounds very strong. Strength runner. Strength runner. Yeah, he's super strong. Dude, I saw on Instagram today a guy called Soon to Be Ultra Runner. Oh, that's that, that was his name. I like that. Yeah. Well, what, he's got a goal. What is he gonna do when he becomes an ultra runner? He has to change his Instagram yeah. name. Yeah. That dude decisions. That's like when I got my first email account. Can't even remember what it was called. It was a Hotmail account. Do you remember Hotmail? Oh yeah. Yeah. Does Good that days. even exist anymore? Do people have Hotmail? We should find out. We Let's should make a Skyblazers Hotmail account. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got this this uh, this band here, and what Strength Gunner, what he's got on his website is. He shows you how to do these great exercises, uh, lateral leg lifts, clamshells, um, a modified bridge, a hip hike, uh, pistol squats, and like a lateral shuffle. Uh, and then an iron cross to kind of loosen everything up after that. And that exercise round, you do it like two, maybe three times a week. And it did help. It got me up to the point where I could run X-Read. I almost didn't run X-Read because in my infinite wisdom, I decided to go get a sports massage thinking, fuck yeah, mm. sports massage. That's what that's what people do when they're hurt. That'll fix everything. That's what the pros do. That's what the pros do. So I went in uh, and this gal just went bananas on my hip. She went balls deep. She went very ball, real balls deep on my hip. A little too too much. I wasn't warmed up to it. Uh, hopped right into the varsity leagues. Um, what does that mean? Uh, Is that a saying? Or? Yeah, or just like, you know, um, varsity team. What like, is that? You've got junior varsity, which are like the kids who are juniors. Uh, they're not competing as much and then the varsity teams like in high school they're like your premier your starter team they're the ones who go out and they compete for all the glory like at homecoming really important games i'm joking we (laughs) i was a cross-country runner so we thought football players were they were cool they were nice but um varsity is usually longer distances more competitive okay yeah they don't have varsity sports in norway do they well, in Norway, the athletics and uh, education is not that connected. Mm. So in, in high school, for example, there's there's only... No, there's nothing. There's no high school sports? There's there's only, like, the, the physical... Like, but, like, the, the PE. how do you get, like, a letterman jacket that you wear your senior <laughs> year and, like... No, we don't... We, we have uh, what we call Rus. Yeah, know? yeah. I know Rus. But... We're, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I got this baller, big red Letterman jacket with an Indian head on the back, and it's got embroidery that shows the little sports I did. Oh, yeah. 
and you wear it around and then you beat up nerds and take their <laughs> lunch money it's, it's awesome actually is that the jacket you give to cheerleaders yes yeah yeah before homecoming yeah. uh and i think there's promise rings involved no i'm kidding i was a skinny <laughs> runner kid uh in school and we luckily didn't have we didn't have too many yeah we didn't have jocks versus nerds because everybody was pretty nerdy so uh but definitely letterman jackets was the cool shit when you're 17 um where were we we were talking about my yeah, running in high school and stuff running in high school uh yeah yep. in, but in norway when i listen to podcasts from the u.s yep. like trail runner nation or yep. uh ultra runner podcast mm-hmm. or the negative splits yep they always in the interviews they ask uh did you run in high school mm. Yeah, no, it's kind of important. Uh, I think because yeah. uh, it, it's a it's a good baseline question for a lot of folks. Uh, I started running in junior high, ran cross country, and our cross country coach made us run track so we'd get fast. What was the system like? So you, you had to sign up for something. No, you didn't have to. You could. Could you do? You could just like do. No, you could do nothing. You could do theater if you wanted to. And when when during the day would well, you do these activities? Theater was during your normal class times, but all your sports were after school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we would, uh, like, I would get done with my six-period math class, run out of the locker room, take my three o'clock pregame dump, get in my sweet running shorts, <laughs> and go out and run cross country. Um, a lot of kids would go home and the kids would go play that weird soccer sport uh, <laughs> and yeah all the sports are after school um, and the nice thing is though, the school pays for transport and that kind of stuff Okay. so like if you're gonna go compete in another city they bust you over there so it's free which is awesome like I don't think we paid anything for running. I don't think football or soccer kids pay anything. So it's a really cool nice. uh, option they have. So, um, But for a lot of folks, running in high school is kind of their first time with a coach, uh, competing, uh, learning how to train. You're supposed to learn how to stretch and take care of your body, which you forget about when you go to college. Um but I think there's this fascination around a lot of these top-level ultra runners who didn't pick up a pair of running shoes before they were, like, maybe out of college. Mm. Like, maybe even they were 30, and they, you know, were balls deep in a McDonald's Happy Meal, and they had this realization they needed to change their life. Um, so I think people really like those stories about the, like, person who started running late in life. Uh, you never hear those kinds of stories, and they ended up end up uh, being like elite marathon runner. It's always ultra runner, right? Yeah, yeah. And that that may have something to do with like age as well. Yeah, you can be a lot faster. You have to be younger to be fast at the marathon, but I mean, you could be like a grizzly. You know, I don't know. Hard rock. You see like sixty year olds out there just crushing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a couple years ago wasn't there a gal who was like 40 one hard walk I have to I have to go flip through my log books um, but what were we supposed to talk about we're supposed to yeah. talk about let's talk about the IT band IT band and then maybe some more American trail running 
crewing. Yeah. I've been introducing concept of crewing. Oh, yeah, you're big on the crewing here. I'm, I'm big on the crewing. But, yeah, let's talk about crewing. Okay, let's talk about crewing because I've also been kind of injured. And so you can't run, can't compete. So the next best thing is crewing, uh, which is huge in the States. There's even, like, waiting lists at some of the ultras to be a volunteer. Uh, and the volunteer scene is big, and it's a big part of the community of ultra running in the States. Um, families show up. My mom is my number one fan, my best crewer. And Shout out to moms. Shout out to moms. And so in the, in the States, you see a lot more involvement of friends and family and volunteers, like running around, bringing you snacks, making sure you're keeping your shit together eating and drinking whereas in Europe it's more like the one man army mm. like it's you versus everybody else and you have to do it all yourself and there's less of a less of a team aspect to it um, so I've been uh, bringing up the concept we, we sort of do pirate crewing because it's not really allowed here yeah yeah that's correct that's that is correct well, were you at because uh, we we were just at a race yes with past weekend it's called the uh, Hornindal Rund, yep. which is a 75k mountain race. Is it 5,000 meters? I think it's a little bit over 5,000 meters. Yeah, yeah. Of uh, gain and seven mountains, I think. Seven bit, big, steep mountains. Yeah. And there's two aid stations, maybe. One aid station. There's one official aid station in a 75k. Yeah, and there's a smaller one which has maybe they, some Coca-Cola yeah, for the top ten. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> this is back to the self-supported thing like there's sort of crap for food or aid stations at these races in Norway and so you really have to be pretty much self-supported well um, you know what you're getting into though but you do know what you're getting into uh, but who doesn't love like some ice cream and a slice of pizza at an aid station I know I do um, so what we've been doing is setting up pirate pacing and aid stations uh, which has been working out pretty well people are turning on to the concept oh, yeah. of like you've got your friends who have your bag uh, they know how to take care of you um, get you the food and the water you need uh, give you a little moral boost and send you on your way and even uh, we may have been dabbling in some pirate pacing uh, which I haven't had any race directors tell me personally not to do it, so I'm going to keep pacing uh, until they tell me to stop. But that's something that I think ultras in Norway, especially in most of Europe, miss out on is this like pacing thing because it's this. That's a real awesome experience, um, you know, to go out and like pace somebody through a section of the hard rock in the middle of the night. Uh, you get it. You're like both a mom and like a coach and a therapist. therapist and like a little bit of like a kindergarten counselor watch watching your little runner kid um and you could be out in the mountains uh and have a great time do maybe 20 miles and then send your tired haggard runner on their way um but there's a lot of safe there's a lot of safety in that where you can really push somebody but you have people who are lucid and on the ball making sure they're good to go uh and i mean here at a 50k a few weeks ago there was a dude who ate 
maybe a couple bites of chocolate and drank a bunch of water and just passed out right before the finish line, you know, completely cramping up, like, because nobody was taking care, like, nobody was out, you know, in a 50K, maybe it's not a big deal, but there's no sense of, like, taking care of folks out there. It's sort of like, well, he went out on this Odysseus, you know, journey, and, like, if he lives, he lives. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> Hashtag even Drago. Rocky IV, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I actually haven't seen Rocky IV. Oh, my God. Best running movie ever is Rocky IV. Really? No, it's a terrible running movie, but get you pumped up. Okay. For America. <laughs> and beating the Soviets. Um, but, yeah, crewing and pacing is, like, um, kind of a foreign, a foreign concept here that's been really fun to introduce. Um, people are into it. Uh, it's interesting trying to pace Norwegians because you're like trying to get them to eat and they're like no I don't want to eat and you're like eat <laughs> drink uh, but that's that's typical with, with runners um, also if you're slightly injured go out volunteer sling some drinks at, an in, at, a, at your local ultra you know it's a good time maybe you get puked on that's exciting um, yeah yeah, and even some races like the Bear 100 in Utah, they require you to volunteer at an ultra race that year, which is a way of like spreading spreading the community, uh, which I think is a good concept. Um, there should be more to it than just showing up and throwing down some cash, getting a start number, and you know, getting a selfie at the finish line. Uh, it's cool that they kind of push it to the the limelight, and you know, at the Hard Rock. There's an aid station that's, like, literally bolted to the side of a cliff face. And those dudes are out there hanging on the side of a cliff for two days, uh, throwing bars and chips and high fives at runners. And, I mean, if they're not heroes, I don't know. Like, they're not ultra runners, but they're doing their ultra crewers. I think the reason there's no culture for crewing in Norway is because it's such a new concept in Norway mm. trail running is, is uh, goes way back but ultra running yeah yeah that's probably true uh, that's pretty fresh when uh, was the first ultra run in Norway like the first organized I don't know what the, the oldest Norwegian ultra race is but the one we were at this weekend yeah. is almost 10 years it's 9 years old yeah, and um, maybe maybe that's the race with the most tradition as well. That makes sense. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's say let's say fifteen years. Okay. That's like when it didn't become mainstream, but that was become yeah. That was when it started. Yeah. Let's say early two thousands. Yeah. So it is still pretty new. Yeah. And it's definitely the French Alps European style. A lot of, lot of neon, a lot of kit, a <laughs> uh, lot of kit. Well, we need to have, have a big kit because we're self-sufficient. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You can't just go out in split shorts and your bandana. And, and the handheld. And the handheld. And off. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Let's uh, let's uh, walk maybe 50 meters in another direction because uh, I think we're pretty close to the the road and yep. the, the cars. Did we mention how great the nature is here? Just the quietness. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so let's do some um, some exercises. Okay. Yeah, I think I've got enough time to do a quick round of my Tyler's Buns of Steel workout version from Strength Runner. Buns of Steel, great video. Buns of Steel? Yeah, it was an old workout video from like the Jane Fonda days. VHS. Uh, it was back when like working out was all about just like toning your body, like in the 80s. Yeah. And that was back when, I think it was the 70s or 80s, they even had to like market jogging as something you could do. They were like, hey America, jogging is a thing you can do. <laughs> because before that, it was just tennis was like the most kind of running workout people would get in uh and you still see that today a lot of people out cruising around running in their white tennis shoes Uh, and you know i think prefontaine and those days of the like really started to get running as a thing in the states so but ultra running in the states that's that pretty much started in the western states right? yeah all that your, was the first first hundred miler yeah and all your crazies who kind of sprung out of that um I mean it was just look look at triathlon it was maybe 20 25 30 years ago triathlon was these weirdos out like swimming and biking and running by themselves crazy distances and they sort of gathered and decided they would try and see you could do it faster. Mm-hmm. And now you have, like, the institution of Ironman, uh, you know, and everybody knows what triathlons are. So ultra running is, I think in the States, they're trying to stay away from that. It's a very conscious, yeah, like, identity crisis that you're going on with the States. Uh, and in Europe, it's maybe they're trying to push it more mainstream. Do you think uh, there ever it's ever going to be a Olympic sport? I would and be. And if so, what do you think about that? I would be very surprised because who's going to watch it? <laughs> like, well, they, people watch the Tour de France. People watch the Tour de France. They watch it every day for five hours. Yeah. For three weeks. Yeah. So I, I don't think time is. But a, how much money is there in ultra running? Well, I mean, there could be more. Yeah. If if it was. But no, TV. yeah, we don't. Nobody wants money in ultra running because then it would ruin the spirit. Right, that's not why we do it. Yeah, yeah. And... Would be nice with some cash, though, but... Uh, yeah. I think... Uh, I don't think we would see it as, a, as an Olympic sport, just because there's not as much of a broad appeal to it. Mm. But, you know, that could change. Marathon... I take that back. Marathon was an ancient, crazy Greek sport, you know. So... I would say probably no. Not because I don't want it to be an Olympic sport. I just don't think... I don't think we would see... Um, like 100K, for example, in the Olympics. But I could be wrong. I mean, mm. they could fly a bunch of drones around and make it interesting to watch. Uh, but, you know, your, yeah. your biking and your running events are usually pretty short in the Olympics. Because mm. they've got to cram in a bunch of sports. What do you call the the the, the fast walkers? Is oh, it called fast walking, or um, does it have some? Yeah, what is that called? That isn't a. Did they cancel that sport though? No, I think it still exists. Still, still the thing. Uh, walk jogging, walking. No, what is it? 
Speed walking. Speed walking. It's got to be speed walking. Speed walk. Yeah, you got to have one foot on the ground all the time. Yep. I think you need to have your heel on the yeah. ground. Yeah. That's basically how I did X-Read. <laughs> was like speed walk hobbled with my little garter strap on my AT band. So I could probably go to the Olympics. I'm probably ready for speed walking. Olympics 2024? Yeah. Maybe. Still yeah. Lots of time. Um, well, I have to run away pretty soon. Let's okay. Knock out. I'll just go through the exercises real quick. Um, no, you need to be a wizard with words. Here. Wizard with words. So what, what I've doing. got is this like big rubber band. Hey, do you have your phone here? Can I take a picture? Yeah. I, I didn't bring mine. Okay. Um, so what we're going to do is... Uh, so I've got the, la- the lateral leg raise is... You just put the band around your ankles um, with your shoulders parallel to the ground, and your toe is going to point down uh, at the ground, and you're going to raise it up about 30 degrees and then down again. Uh, and you're going to fire it up. It's the side of your hip. And, you know, you could start with 20 reps on each side, but uh, working up to 30 maybe after a few weeks. And you want to try and do these, like, slow and in control and you really want to use that ass. Like, you don't want to jerk it up there as quick as you can. Just kind of slowly and under control. And you should feel it. I mean, these are, they look like really weak exercises, but if, you're, if your butt's not strong like mine, you'll feel it. And then the clamshell is just putting the rubber band around your knees and bringing your feet up kind of near your butt so they're at like a 45. And you're laying on your side and you open your knees and you make like a, it's like a clamshell when you spread your legs open. Uh, it's also important to keep those shoulders perpendicular. And this one, you're, you're really going to feel this one on the, the back of your butt. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is epic. This is so nice. It's like the most 80s workout kind of moves you could think. I mean, Jane Fonda. Do you is, think we could sell this like, uh, like they did with the... Uh, old school uh, 80s VHS tapes oh we should make a workout video with like retro effects but only for audio right oh yeah aerobics uh, on a podcast yeah aerobics podcast but then you wouldn't get to see our sweet like leg warmers and 80s get up in our hair so you do uh, you do 20 or 30 clamshells and then you'll go and you'll do, um, it's like a modified bridge. And this is uh, laying on your back with your feet planted on the ground, kind of up next to your butt. And you're going to lift your hips up, pushing through your... It's like hip thrusts. Yeah, it's kind of like hip thrusts, pushing through your, your heels. And then you're actually going to raise one leg up about 45 degrees. Kind of looks like you're running away from the, uh, the, the ground. And you're going to drop it your butt down and then raise it up and you're kind of just doing a hip thrust but you're only doing one leg so you're going to do 20 on each side you're going to do those nice and slow you want to activate those glutes those glutes, that butt, buns of steel so you do that 20 on each side, nice and slow definitely don't want any knee pain you want to make sure your 
your knee is behind that, that ankle. And then you can get up off the ground and we're gonna do what's called a hip hike. And you stand on, stand on one foot like a flamingo, which is pretty awesome. Lift the, uh, the other leg up, kind of bend it at the knee, lift it behind you. And you're gonna drop your hip down and then you're gonna just raise it up. So the leg that you've got bent at 90 degrees, you're just gonna kind of lift that one up and down. It's almost like you're uh, slowly shaking your hips. It's like, this is probably the workout Shakira does before she dances. Uh, and what you're doing here is the side of your hip is like lifting up that other leg. So you do 20 of those on both legs. And again, check out check out the Strength Runner video on YouTube. Maybe we can link something. I'll link somehow. it up in the show yeah. notes. Yeah, he's got uh, much better looking legs than I do. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, you can do pistol squats. Um, those are a one-legged squat where you stand on one leg and you stick the other leg out in front of you, and then trying to keep that knee over your heel on the leg you're standing on, you're gonna go down until your leg is about flat with the ground, like 90, and then up again, and that's one. And these are like good balance and strength, uh, and you wanna try to do like 15 of these guys. Um, there are some modifications to pistol squats if you're not strong enough to do them. Uh, I'm sure you can go out and find those, or just get stronger. Get swole. Drink some protein powder. <laughs> now, when do we uh, do you involve weights? Um, do, you, do you ever do that, or do you just do body weight? I I should start doing weights, um, but I'm probably gonna start doing more plyos, which are sort of like explosive jumping um, exercises you can do at home in a park. Because I don't want to pay free. for a gym membership, and mm -hmm. it's free. Exactly. I pay for mine because uh, there's a good sauna in there. That's nice. That's nice. Um, runners should lift weights. Uh, lots of weight, low reps. You don't want to just go out there and try and do endurance lifting because that's not really going to help your endurance running. We want to build the strength and the stabilization. So you need to be doing explosive stuff like box jumps and um, even hand cleans. I mean, gym rack kind of stuff, mm. surprisingly. Um, let's see. The last two exercises are the side shuffle, uh, which is just putting that band around your ankles, and you're going to stand up, and you're going to sort of shuffle sideways by walking sideways, like one foot at a time, kind of like an inchworm. Uh, and that's going to work the sides of those hips. And you'll make 10 steps to the left and then come back 10 steps to Just the like right. Just line dancing. Just like line, slow line dancing, yeah. And that's one set. And do five of those. And that'll really, you'll notice it. Um, and at the very end, you can do what's called the Iron Cross, which is kind of a nice, like, loosen up. After you've done all this work, let's... Uh, Let's kind of shake the legs out a little bit. And what you're going to do is you lay on the ground with your arms stretched out to the side. And you're going to actually swing 
your leg up and try to touch your hand. Uh, so your right leg, you're going to swing it up, you're going to try and touch your left hand, and then you're going to bring it back, and then you're going to take your left leg, and you're going to try and swing it up and touch your right hand. And so you're, you're kind of doing like a, a can-can pendulum. Pendulum. pendulum with your legs, and what that's doing is that's getting a lot of blood into those hips that you just worked out. Mm. And you're kind of rolling over on them, and you're also trying to get that range of motion better. Um, and so... Those exercises, um, don't go crazy. Do it maybe twice a week, maybe three times a week. Uh, don't do them and then go out for a run because... It'll weaken your step and you'll yeah, get even more exactly. injured. You'll be right. all tired and broken and you'll go out and break yourself more. Yeah. Like I did after running, uh, after getting a sports massage. Don't do that. <laughs> Lessons learned. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of... Is that a wrap? That's kind of what I got. That's a wrap. Is there anything you would like to uh, to say to the, to the listeners? Um, drink water and stretch. Don't forget about your butt. Oh, yeah. Do you have any idols when it comes to ass mm. strength? Butt strength. Ooh, that's a good... I mean... Beyonce? I, no, I would say, like... Come on, all the alpine skiers. Like, oh, Mi yeah. Mika de Schifrin, if you're listening. Downhill booty. Shout out. Yep, shout out to that booty. Dude, I used to be... You know, I used to be a speed skater. Yeah. And I used to have one of those speed skaters You had, butts. like, a big old pear butt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now I got this runner's, runner's butt. Which is, like, nothing. Flat. Yep sinewy it's kind of like a kind of like a a chicken leg that's been left out in the sun yeah yeah <laughs> so maybe that's why I've, I've got this injury so where are you off to now uh, I gotta run home make some dinner with a friend you got stuff to do and I gotta work on my van I gotta pull the motor out which is gonna suck oh another bit of advice don't buy an old van because you're going to be working on it all the time. And you're going to live in the van down by you'll the river. Up, you'll be end up living in a van down by the river with a busted hip. Shout out to Chris Farley. Yep, great guy. The late Chris Farley. Where can people find you on social media? Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, at Ghostski Racer on the Instagrams. Um, you'll find very poorly composed photos of the outdoors and stuff. Mm. Very inspiring stuff. So inspiring. I've got like three followers. It's great. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an influencer. A micro-influencer. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. It's been great talking to you. Yeah. Let's do this again. Thanks for having and, me. Uh, and let's see if the, the American audience really... They're going to be like, who the hell is this guy? Why, <laughs> Why is he Where in Norway he... and what is he trying to... Is he, Where did they drag him? Fiddling with the, with the traditions over there. Yeah, he can't... Yeah. Well, that's basically my job as an immigrant here in Norway is to just ruin all the traditions in Norway. Mm, you're, you're bringing in the handhelds. Handhelds, split shorts, six-packs, Tommy Reeves, looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's all right. stop this recording. See you guys. Eller vi snackas över och utdrager och knut som jag brukar se. Arms are straight out, legs are shorter length apart. Slightly bent, pelvis forward, arms are straight up, 
straight to the side, to the front, and out. Stretch over, and back to the other side, and straight out. Bring it in, make a fist, work those arms. You're gonna work the waist to warm up. Bring it around, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now reach it up, stretch. Stretch it high. Stretch that body out. Feeling great. All right. <laughs> Just stretching. We're getting into shape today. Both arms are up. Pressing up. Reach for the stars. You can do it. You can do anything you want. Stretching. Keep your legs straight and bending at the knees. Reaching and pulling down. Blazing.